good evening church my name is pranila today our bible reading is from first john chapter 1 verse 5 to 10 first john chapter 1 verse 5 to 10 this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say we have not sin we make him a liar and his word is not in us this is the word of god Good evening church. Um it is a joy to be together this evening. Thank you to the music team for leading us in song. Uh, thank you Pamela for doing that Bible reading. And thank you Kaya for the prayer. Um so I'm going to pray for us as we get into that passage that was read for us. I, I do hope that you still have your Bibles open to John or rather 1 John uh, chapter 1. Please bow your heads. as our leaders. Um Father, we are thankful, uh, thankful for your faithfulness that even towards the end of the year we get to end of well, end of strong, and I do pray that as we get into your word, uh you just remind us of who you want us to be, uh, particularly during this December period, uh as we reflect on our lives and as we reflect on the call uh to walk with you. So please be with us even as we Look at your word, uh, please illumine your word uh, and uh, our hearts to receive it in Jesus name. Amen. Um so we are doing uh for the next uh 2 3 weeks we're doing a mini series which is titled This is Life. Uh this is life and it's I wanted the subtitle to be a Christian guide to December. Um a Christian guide to this December and it is essentially a call from God to just love him during the festive season. So if you want to know what what it's about, that's what it is um about. Of course we call to love God at every season of our lives, but I think December is a time to love God. Amen. Now let me if you are confused there is a difference. There is a huge difference between December and December. Okay, December is the 12th month in the Gregorian calendar. Uh, it has about 31 days that's December and then December is a lifestyle. Uh December is uh, they say it starts from uh just about the end of October till about the 7th of January or whenever it is when people stop saying compliments of the new season. Uh, that's when December ends. Sometimes it ends with our salaries and our bonuses. about that is uh december that's a topic for another day one article said uh children are conceived in december i'm uh born in september you can do the math i was born outside of wedlock again you can fill in what happens during december relationships start and end in december you can hear december in the music you can taste it in the food your drink your drinks taste much better in december december the sun shines much brighter december is tangible 
December is a lifestyle. And so the question is, what kind of people are we supposed to be in December? What kind of Christians are we supposed to be in December uh, as we close off the year? Because quite often we close it off, we close off the years, the year, our laptops, and I'm not joking, our morals seem to decline. There are decisions that you make in your life, particularly me around finance, where you just cannot justify why you spend that money in December because it is in the air. Uh, if you walk around the mall, it's just there's something about it that says spend money that you don't have. Uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, I'm that kind of guy. So what, what would Jesus say to us in Midrand if he were to spend December with us? Um, I can almost see him coming through from Hamanskral. Um, I, I don't joke when I say this. Um, Hamanskral is like a back town, right? And the Bible says Jesus is from Bethlehem. So we need to imagine him from a place like Hamanskral or Middleburg coming through to Midrand and living normal life with us. Uh, you pick him up from boulders uh, and then you go to have lunch at the Mall of Africa. I wonder what Jesus would think about all the lights and all the Christmas tree uh, trees around the Mall of Africa. Uh, you take him maybe after lunch, you walk around to see all of the deals, Black Friday deals, uh, at incredible connection. I wonder what sort of conversation Jesus will have with you. And then you walk around from incredible connection to H&M, you bump into your cousin uh, from Limpopo, and he's got uh, bags from H&M. I wonder what Jesus uh, would say to us, to, would say to you if you were to spend a day with him in December. Now, my initial thought about Jesus is often, often I think, and this is past my personality, I'm a very black and white kind of person. So I tend to be conservative with Jesus. My view of Jesus is often uh, that grandmother. I don't know if you've seen that video of kids who are having fun, pumping music in the house, in the living room, and then the grandma comes, switches off the TV and says, this is my house. Ha, come on. Uh, and then the fun, the fun stops. Um, I tend to think of Jesus in that light, uh, that, yo, if I look around Midrand, I'm like, Jesus would come to switch off all the nonsense that goes around in Midrand. In fact, my initial title and summary for tonight's message was that the sin you feed in the dark will eat you alive in broad daylight. And then I just thought about it. I'm like, wait, but is that what Jesus wants you to hear? Uh, that, is, that statement is true. But I think one of the things that Jesus wants for us to remember is his beauty and the fact that in him we can find true joy. So as we enter the festive season, to remember that Jesus wants nothing for us but joy. He wants us to live a life filled with joy. Uh, I wonder if you believe that. I wonder if you believe that Jesus wants what's best uh, for you. That more than anything during this December period, he would want you to remember that true joy is found in him. And what we're going to see as we look in John, uh, the letter the, uh, of John, is two images that Jesus uses to describe this joy that we ought to experience in him. Two key images uh, that speak of the joy that is found in Jesus. And those two key words are, one, eternal life, 
and the other one is light. Uh, so eternal life and light. Those two images that capture for us what we ought to be thinking about, what we ought to be pondering uh, concerning Jesus during this festive season. So the first one, eternal life. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please uh, turn to chapter 1, verses 1. We're going to pick it up from verses, verse 1. Uh, it sets a context of Jesus who came into this world, this world of brokenness. So when we imagine him living in Midland, it is a good thing because he actually lived among people. He actually brought, came to bring life in a real world. He actually came caring for people just like you and me. And John says that he saw him and he touched, he touched him and he therefore testifies and gives testimony about what he has seen and touched. Uh, he, uh, he says in verses 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest. So this uh, life that he speaks about, this eternal life that he speaks about, is basically at the heart of it, Jesus. Uh, Jesus who we remember during the Christmas period, that he was the fancy word, incarnate, that he took on human flesh and actually lived among us. He took on human flesh to bring goodness and eternal life to his people. He came to restore this broken relationship between God and his people and restore them back into a relationship with himself. Verses 3, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed... Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Um, John speaks about Jesus Christ, this Jesus Christ coming to bring eternal life to us. That is what Jesus would want you to remember during this festive season. Now let's pause there a little bit. Because when you hear the word eternal life, uh, what do you think about? Um, eternal life, if you grew up in... Christian circles, if you grew up uh, with those guys, I don't know if you had them. In Midland, do you have them at corners? They don't come into your house. Um, back where I grew up, they would walk around, and then they would knock uh, on your door, and they would give you some uh, pamphlets or books. There was this brown book that we, uh, that we had. Those are the Jehovah's Witnesses. And they gave us those books, and they would display this life of heaven. It was, uh, it was white people <laughs> wearing white stuff. Uh, you, you guys have seen that, right? Okay, you've seen those, uh, <laughs> those pictures of, of heaven. And I think when you looked at that, what, what we thought when, when I hear eternal life, my mind just goes there. My mind just gravitates towards, uh, towards that. Now, obviously, uh, because Jesus calls all nations, there will be white people in heaven. But that is not what John is speaking about when he talks about uh, eternal life. He's not talking about cartoons, the stuff that you see in cartoons of, of angels floating around uh, and cupid little uh, babies floating around in the clouds playing harp. That is not eternal life. Uh, and a, th a theologian by the name of Robert Yabaro, um put, put it this way. He said that eternal life is basically the life of eternity. It is the life 
of eternity. He calls it the divinely bestowed gift of blessedness. Uh, so the divinely, divinely bestowed gift of blessedness. So that means a gift that comes from the divine one, God. And that gift is a gift of blessedness. And at the heart of it, what blessedness is, is just happiness. A, a God-given gift of happiness in God's presence that endures without end. Uh, so there is a heaven aspect to eternal life uh, that when we die, we'll be in God's presence for all of eternity. That is eternal life. We'll be enjoying God forever, but that life begins in the here and now. That happiness and that life begins in the here and now. He goes on to say that this relates especially to the quality of life in this age and to both the quality and duration of life in the age to come. So eternal life breaks in in the here and now. When you and I turn to, away from our rebellion into a relationship with Jesus, true happiness is found when we turn to this Jesus. And this happiness breaks in in the here and now, in the life of Jesus, in the ministry of Jesus, and then it goes on for all eternity. It conquers death. It is the kind of happiness that knows no end. It is the divinely bestowed gift of blessedness that to be happy in the presence of God forever. And as you read the scriptures, I hope you remember that that is what God calls us to when he calls us to be, uh, for us to be restored uh, to him. In fact, in John's gospel, uh, theologians are not um, 100% sure that the same person who authored the gospel of John is the same person who authored the letter of John, uh, but we will go, we will go with um, the same author. So in John's gospel, which is an account of the life of Jesus, the word eternal life, John uses different images to describe for us what eternal life looks like. He uses the image of water in chapter four of John's gospel, and that's one of my favorite, favorite um, uh, stories in John's gospel, and what God says, what Jesus says to this woman whose life was troubled is that I will bring you satisfaction. That if you come to me, I will give you water that will quench you for all of eternity. Uh, in other words, I will restore your life. I will give you the very thing that you long for from human relationship. This woman had four husbands. He had failed, she had failed marriages. I keep on messing up the pronouns. Again, I apologize. We just have one pronoun in Setswana. Amen. She, this woman, had different husbands, and she came at the well in the middle of the day because of the shame that she bore. And Jesus says, if you come into a relationship with me, I'm going to remove this shame. It is the kind of satisfaction of drinking a, hot, a cold power aid on this hot day. But it is even beyond that. It is satisfaction. It is life. In the first century, water represented life. And Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you life. This December, we need to remember this life that God comes to bring us. In chapter 2, he uses another one of my less favorite uh, images of wine overflowing, of a party. I, I don't know. I don't often think of the Christian faith. Again, I grew up in the AFM church. Wine was from the devil. So I, I couldn't understand. In fact, one guy said that the wine that Jesus uh, uh, made in chapter 2 had no alcohol content. 
I'm like, okay, that's the churches we grew up in. But in reality, what, what eternal life looks like is a party. It is an end of religion and trying to please God and the beginning of a life-giving relationship with God. That is eternal life. John goes on to use images like the blind receiving sight of light. Um, he begins to use uh, the sign in chapter 11 of eternal life, of victory over death. Uh, he is a man who is rotting in his grave. And Jesus says, come out, Lazarus, from your grave. And Jesus says, if you, this is but a taste of what eternal life looks like. Now this is life. This is eternal life. And this is what the incarnate, the Jesus who took on human flesh, came to bring into this world. We need to remember the truth in December. That Jesus is for our joy. And that joy is found in our relationship with him. I wonder if that's how you view the Christian life. We tend to view the Christian life as a kill joy. And in fact, we tend to gravitate towards seeking satisfaction, seeking life outside of a relationship with God. We love the darkness than than the light. Which brings us to our second point, which is light. So eternal life, the life of eternity, and this eternal life, uh, John goes on to describe it as light. Have a look at verse 4. And have a look at the language that John uses. Right. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Notice the reference to fellowship with God and fellowship with light, fellowship with one another, darkness and light, that contrast. It is the picture, again, of the Christian story. It is the picture of what God came to bring as he sent his son into this world to redeem us from our own love for darkness. We love the darkness, don't we? We love the darkness, don't we? I'm just alone on that. Black, we love the darkness, don't we? We love the darkness, don't we? We love it so much. Um, Now, there's a (laughs) a story, love stories. And this was the year 97. And... um, we were visiting our aunt from Rustenbeck, the deep, uh, dark Rustenbeck. And now just to give you a context, we didn't grow up with electricity. We only got it around 98 or so. Uh, so we used candles. And so here we were uh, in the hood in Shoshanguve. It was the best time of our lives. We had never been uh, to a township uh, and lived for, uh, for the December holidays in the township. It was lit. Uh, and I mean that literally. Um, there was light. Uh, there was light. Um, in December, some guy said uh, we used to light crickets. <laughs> now, that's fireworks. We call them crickets. I don't know why. Um, so we, were, we had a good time. Um, we had a good time for about a week or two. 
with our aunt over the Christmas and um, New Year's period. And then, and then I still remember going back home. And I still remember us in our small minds not being able to comprehend why the candles were so dim. Uh, we just couldn't understand why it was so dim. And I remember my brother asking my mom uh, if something was wrong with the brand of candles that we bought. Um, we didn't realize that we were so accustomed to the light that when we stepped into our darkness, it was a bit, it, it didn't make sense. But the longer we stayed in the dim light of our candles, the more we came back to our normal reality. Uh, the more our eyes are custom back uh, to what we thought was light. And very often that's the reality, isn't it? That you become a Christian, uh, you see and taste the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, but your default, uh, your dim light sometimes looks like it is the true light, isn't it? Uh, that very often it looks like following Jesus is not joy. Doing life my own way is where joy is found. Very often that is what we do spiritually. We tend to embrace and love the darkness. And when the Bible talks about darkness, it speaks about a willing disobedience against God. Uh, that God tells you, I want to be the boss of your life. And you say, well, yeah, maybe in these three areas, but not this area. Because I think I can do a better job here. I think true light, I know what light looks like. I know what it's like to find joy. And very often in December, when we lose our morals, it is so much easy to find joy in being the bosses of our own lives, isn't it? It is much, much difficult uh, to find joy in what God has called us to. We are like, I don't know if you've seen cockroaches. Um, I used to have a cockroach problem back in the day. Roaches are bad, aren't they? Roaches will sneak on you when the visitors are there. And it's always that one roach that goes around and you're just like, Ish, I think it's next door neighbors. Because <laughs> you don't want to admit that you have a roach problem. Who wants to, to do that? Uh, but roaches, apart from those two or three that go out, normally roaches hide from the light, isn't it? Uh, roaches want and love the darkness. Roaches thrive in the darkness. Roaches thrive in the dead of the darkness. Don't be a spiritual cockroach. Uh, very often, when, <laughs> when you switch on the light, they just despair. And it's like they're just finding where the darkness is. Because that is often where they think life is. We are not called um, to be roaches. We are not called to love the darkness, particularly if we call ourselves uh, people who love the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there is no uh, fellowship uh, with God and, um, and a love for, for darkness. Uh, C.S. Lewis puts this love for darkness this way. He says that we are far too easily pleased. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. Our desires for, for the darkness is not as though we have strong desires. We have weak desires, uh, says C.S. Lewis. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea 
we are far too easily pleased. That is the reality, isn't it? In our pursuit of joy in this world, we tend to love all those things, uh, the darkness, rather than the light. And Jesus would want to walk with us this December and remind us that there is joy in the light. There is joy in the light. Uh, And the only way to walk in the light is to run to him who is the light, uh, to run to Jesus this December. Um, If somebody were to ask you, Show me, what are your plans for December? You should say to them, I want to run to Jesus this December. That's my plan. My plan for December is to run to Jesus. Have a look at verse 8. How do we, how do we go about doing that? John reminds us is that, that to run to Jesus is to run to one another. It is to run to the light, to run to the forgiveness that Jesus offers, to run to the blood that cleanses us from our sin, to run to the fact that God sees our failures, but he loves us and he wants fellowship with us. He wants to cleanse us and he wants to lead us to others. Verse 8, have a look at it. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is the Jesus we worship. That is the Jesus who walks with us during the December period. That Jesus who is gracious towards us. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make, it him, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Our God calls us to run to him. And the way we run to him is one, acknowledge that we love darkness. Acknowledge that this December, you're going to be tempted to love darkness. And there are many others who are in the church who love the darkness. And we rest in what Jesus has done. And because we rest in what Jesus has done for us, we can adopt a friend during this festive season and say, we want to run to Jesus together. Amen. And that I want to walk this Christian life with you this December. So that you remind me, when I'm tempted to love darkness, uh, that there is joy in the light. Uh, Tim Keller says that Jesus is the divine light of the world because he brings a new life to replace our spiritual deadness, because he shows us the truth that heals our spiritual blindness, and because he is the beauty that breaks our addiction to money, sex, and power. He is a light for us when all other lights go out. Uh, the joy of this world looks like light. Uh, we run to it, but it does die out. Uh, it has no satisfaction. It has no lasting satisfaction. Uh, Jesus would remind us that there is true joy in the pursuit of God this December. What kind of God is this that we pursuing? It is a God who is gracious. It is the God who has walked this world, who has lived the life that we are meant to live, who died a death that we deserve to re- restore our relationship back to the Father. And this December, he wants you to love him more, to run to him more and more, and to run away from darkness. Amen. I'm going to pray that God will help us um, to do that. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 
Oh Lord, we long to know you. We long to embrace you this, um, this festive season. Lord, we know and are quite aware of our weaknesses. Uh, we know of our brokenness and our love for darkness. Um, and we may joke about December. Uh, we may um, take it lightly. Um, but we, we know that, Lord, sometimes we, are, we can be drawn into the death of sin uh, during this December period. But we know also something of you and of your character, that you've promised us joy, Lord. And so we pray that we would not be people who just see the brokenness of our world, uh, but we would be people that see the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the beauty of finding fellowship in you. And I pray that this December we would find that sweet fellowship, uh, that we would, like children of light, long for more of that light, and that we would not hide our iniquities or our sins, but bring them to you. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of life, now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came among us in great humility, that on the last day when he comes again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.